Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. Thank you for joining us today. Today, the cobwebby corner we're going to be digging around in regarding jazz recorded history are a couple of sessions that were done in 1949, actually uh, in November of 1949, and these were done for the French Vogue label. That was a label that was put together, I think, by Charles Delaunay uh, in uh, the late 40s and going into the 50s, initially to record American swing musicians who were visiting, although many European musicians, especially French musicians, were getting uh, time on that label as well. And these were uh, done in Paris almost exclusively, and uh, some really fine uh, jazz came out of this uh, label, the Vogue label. So the dates that we're going to be talking about are November 4th and November 6th of 1949, and these coincided with a tour that Louis Armstrong and his All-Stars were doing to Paris. They were playing, I think, at the Salle Playel in um, Paris on November 3rd of 1949. This was the early version of the All-Stars. It was truly an All-Star group that featured Jack Teagarden and Barney Bagard and Earl Hines, among others. Uh, the uh, powers that be at Vogue decided to take advantage of their presence, and they got Earl Hines to come into the studio on two different days. And Hines uh, brought with him, on the first day anyway, uh, his compatriots in the All-Stars, Barney Begard on clarinet and Arvel Shaw on bass. And to them, he added uh, two members of a band that was also touring in France at the time, uh, Wallace Bishop on drums, who had played for Hines during the 1930s in Chicago in his big band. Uh, he was, at the time, living in France. I think he spent most of the rest of his life there. And uh, he was playing with a band led by the former bassy trumpet player, Buck Clayton. And Buck Clayton joins the Hines group on several sides here as well. Very interesting group, very compatible, uh, kind of a no-frills recording set but uh, fortunately very well recorded. The Whatever the uh, recording apparatus they had in those Vogue studios was, it was uh, well designed to capture the sounds of all of these musicians. So we're going to start out with three of the band sides that were done on November uh, 4th, rather. This is the Earl Hines All-Star, it says quartet, but it's really quintet, with Hines, Clayton, Begard, Shaw, and Bishop. Uh, some Sources say that Wallace Bishop was not there, but you can hear some drums in there, so it must have been he. We're going to start out with the old standard tune, Chicago, uh, suitably enough, because, uh, as I said, Hines uh, really began his professional career, his, his high-profile professional career in Chicago. We'll talk about that. That's a tune by Fred Fisher. Then we're going to go to an original Heinz tune, a take on a blues, a minor keyed blues, called Nightlife in Pompeii. It has a sort of a feeling of the Ellington Mooch to it. Uh, has some beautiful Barney Begard as well as Buck Clayton. We're going to hear a second take of that a little bit later in the program. Then we're going to go to a tune called Japanese Sandman by Richard Whiting. This was a big hit in the 1920s. Hines had a fairly substantial hit in the 30s with his big band featuring Wallace Bishop doing some nice tap dance figures and uh, brushes and so forth to the point where some people called him, Wallace Bishop, Japanese Sandman. Uh, so it's a nice reunion session in that regard. Then for the last tune of that set, we're going to jump over to the second date that was made for Vogue, November 6th of 1949. This is Earl Hines all by himself, uh, piano and occasionally vocal, and we'll hear vocal a little bit later. But on this tune, this is a recreation of one of his big hits with the big band, the Boogie Woogie on the St. Louis Blues, a take on the W.C. Handy tune. And we're going to hear Hines doing some very 
I should say, innovative work on a kind of a, a dusty old uh, style, the boogie-woogie style, which many piano players by the 40s had kind of disdained as simplistic, but Hines clearly had some ideas of how to update that style, and we'll hear them on that. So these are our tunes for the set. Chicago, Nightlife in Pompeii, and Japanese Sandman by the Earl Hines All-Star Quintet, and Earl Hines all by himself on Boogie Woogie on the St. Louis Blues. <laughs>
Earl Hines playing piano solo on the Boogie Woogie and the St. Louis Blues. It's a really interesting take on Boogie Woogie. He kind of inverted his hands uh, with the typical patterns of Boogie Woogie there for a while, as well as some interesting harmonic substitutions. And uh, that was a, a, a solo retake on one of his big hits that he recorded for RCA Victor in the early 40s. Uh, Hines was born in 1903, uh, just outside of Pittsburgh, and he was sort of a child prodigy. He came from a musical family, he learned how to play piano very well, very early. He was a very well-educated musician. He could read, he could write music, he did lots of things. He was considered to be one of the finest jazz pianists really for his whole life once he landed in Chicago in 1923, up until he died in 1983 out on the West Coast. He, uh, was uh, regarded by other pianists as kind of the the, the, the fellow to emulate, uh, even more so in some ways than Art Tatum. Uh, he uh, played in some local Pittsburgh bands, including one led by singer Lois Depp, who uh, recorded with him in 1923. They even recorded an Earl Hines composition called Conjane. Uh, he accompanied a lot of singers and ended up in Chicago in about 1923, 24, uh, where he started playing with Erskine Tate and then Carol Dickerson, where he met Louis Armstrong. And the two of them formed a musical partnership that was expanded to a trio with drummer Zudi Singleton uh, a couple of years later. They recorded a lot with the Louis Armstrong Hot Five, of course, and also with Carol Dickerson. Uh, after a while, that partnership kind of broke up, especially after Earl Hines began making solo piano recordings, and uh, the other two members went on into a different band. Hines also played and recorded with Jimmy Noon's Apex Club Orchestra and also backing singers in Chicago before he put his own 10-piece band together in 1928 to open the new uh, Grand Terrace Ballroom in Chicago, which was run by, by the mob at the time, uh, but employed uh, Hines quite steadily through the 1930s. He extended his band. We've done a podcast on his great 1934 band that we recorded for Decca. Uh, he had some excellent soloists like Omer Simeon, Walter Fuller, uh, Darnell Howard, Cecil Irwin, lots of different people in that group, uh, including uh, Wallace Bishop, who we're hearing today. By the early 40s, he was starting to look uh, forward in music, and he began hiring younger musicians who were bringing some of the bebop sounds into his group. He had Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie for a while. Billy Eckstein, uh, Sarah Vaughn played piano for him and then started singing after that. She was the second pianist. Um, Wardell Gray, lots of other players who came to be known as bebop players who all respected Earl Hines. So by 1948, as I said, or for, late in 48, he joined the Louis Armstrong uh, All-Stars, and he toured with them for about five years. He was not entirely happy with that group because he was essentially just a band pianist who would be featured once a night or so, and he wanted to have his own group, so he started uh, putting his own swing groups together. By the late 1950s, he had a very well-regarded Dixieland band in Chicago and then on the West Coast that featured uh, Muggsy Spanier, Darnell Howard, Pops Foster. It was considered stylistically a step back for him, although it was an excellent band that made many, many fine recordings and is preserved on a lot of broadcasts. In the 1960s, he was outside of music for a while. He was married, newly married with a couple of kids, and he ran a tobacconist shop uh, in addition to playing some local gigs in the Oakland area. By the 1970s, he was back on the scene, though, and he toured and recorded extensively up until he died in 1983, and he never lost a step. He was right at the top of his powers, even uh, right before he died. Really extraordinary piano player.
So, in addition to our last tune, Boogie Woogie on St. Louis Blues, we started out with three tunes by the Earl Hines Indeed Quintet, because the Wallace Bishop is on drums on those. Buck Clayton is on trumpet. As I said, he was touring with his own group in France at the time. Uh, Barney Bagard was on clarinet, and Arvel Shaw on bass, and both of them were with the Louis Armstrong All-Stars with Hines. We started out with Chicago, a nice kind of relaxed version of a standard tune from the 1920s, and an interesting minor blues called Nightlife in Pompeii, very well recorded. We're going to hear an even better recorded version of that, the alternate take on the third set, where you can even hear Buck Clayton's valves clicking as he gets closer to the microphone. And then the third tune that we used from that set was Japanese Sandman by Richard Whiting. So for our second set, we're going to focus on the tunes that feature Earl Hines, just with his trio and by himself. So in addition to those quintet recordings and one quartet recording we'll hear from November 4th, he recorded some trio numbers. And we're going to start out with uh, four of them, actually all four of them from that date. We're going to hear Snappy Rhythm, which is... Uh, an evocative title. That's an Earl Hines original, as is the second one, I Never Dreamt. Uh, and we can hear echoes of some other tunes coming in through these as well. He quotes quite a few, including The One I Love Belongs to Somebody Else, which was Nisham Jones' tune, I Got Rhythm, some different things like that. From there, we go to two standards. Honeysuckle Rose, the Fats Waller tune. This is one of two takes that he did. I happen to like this one better. He also recorded that, I think, for Signature Records a few years earlier. And then we're going to hear the... Um, uh, K. Swift tune, Fine and Dandy, a nice up-tempo version of that where we hear a little I Got Rhythm creeping in. Then we're going to go to that November 6th session for one more solo performance. This is a standard from the Chicago era um, by Maceo Pinkard called Sugar. So this is going to be our Earl Hines focused set. The Earl Hines Trio with Arvel Shaw and Wallace Bishop, November 3rd of 1940, or November 4th of 1949. Snappy Rhythm, I Never Dreamt, Honeysuckle Rose and Fine and Dandy, and then Earl Hines Solo playing Sugar from November 6th. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
and some really exceptional piano playing, not just jazz piano playing, but piano playing is from a technical standpoint and from a musical standpoint as well. As I said, Heinz was kind of universally regarded by his fellow pianists as uh, one of the, if not the greatest jazz pianist. He uh, did a tour in the 70s of all solo piano players. I think it was all modern as well as uh, some older style players like himself. Uh, Teddy Wilson was on it, and I think Herbie Hancock and Toshika Akiyoshi and all these different people, and they all said that Heinz was the one who was the most impressive of all of them. Very, very, very extraordinary musician. Anyway, we started out that set with the Earl Heinz Trio, Wallace Bishop on drums and um, Arville Shaw on bass, doing Snappy Rhythm and I Never Dreamt, two kind of reflective but bouncy tunes composed by Earl Hines. Then we went to the two standards, Honeysuckle Rose and Fine and Dandy. Honeysuckle Rose especially showed off some of his more uh, rubato elements of his style. He never really lost the beat, but he covered it up very effectively. He uh, had a, a Tatum-esque sense of, of, of how to deal with the underlying beat of a song. Uh, and he wasn't necessarily playing for dancing, he was playing to make music. And then we heard, as I said, Fine and Dandy, a much more up-tempo version that had some very humorous elements to it. A long quote of I Got Rhythm and then a, uh, a fun coda at the end that uh, he was complimented uh, by with his other two bandmates, Bishop and Shaw. Then we ended up with a very reflective version of Sugar, that tune from the 1920s, known for its uh, recordings by the Austin High Gang, the young white players who were influenced by Hines and Armstrong and so forth. Um, that was a, a well-played version that seemed all ready to bust out into double time at several different points, but uh, never did. And that was the Earl Hines solo session of November 6th of 1949. We're going to start the next set with the other tune from that solo session. This is a, a Hines creation, I won't say composition, but a creation called Singing for My French Brother, in which we get uh, the treat of an Earl Hines vocal. And he wrote this apparently for the jazz critic and historian Hugh Panazier, which is interesting because Panazier and Charles Delaunay, Delaunay who uh, founded Vogue Records, were really arch-rivals at this point. They had significantly divergent opinions of what made jazz and what constituted true jazz and so forth. Uh, anyway, we will hear Heinz tribute to Panazier on Singing for My French Brother. Then we're going to go back to that uh, to the band session, the quintet and quint quartet and quintet uh, from November 3rd of 1949. We're going to start out with the second take of Nightlife in Pompeii. As I said, this was a much almost better recorded version. Musically, it had a couple of hiccups in it, which is probably why I think the other take was selected for release. But you get to hear the clicking of the keys uh, by Barney Begard and the valves of Buck Clayton, very close to the microphone in both cases. After that, we're going to hear a performance of an Earl Hines original, kind of just a standard uh, romp through a set of uh, changes, of Air France Stomp, kind of an unusual tune. It's sort of as I got rhythm, but the bridge is a little bit different. It does goes into some interesting areas. Then we're going to hear uh, Barney Begard's feature. Uh, this is just the quartet. Buck Clayton sits out on this one. It's uh, the Vincent Humans tune, T for Two. Uh, uh, Begard featured at several points in his life uh, as a feature, including with Louis Armstrong a couple of times. Some of the Louis Armstrong versions get very indulgent, uh, or self-indulgent, I should say, especially when he was doing it with Sid Catlin on drums. It goes into a very long period of drum and clarinet duets, which sort of go around in circles for quite a while and never really land on anything substantial. This version, however, is much more focused and has some beautiful clarinet playing as well as piano playing. 
Then we're going to hear, to finish off our set and our Earl Hines program, a tune called Rhythm Business. And this is uh, credited to Bagard. And we're going to hear uh, Barney Bagard on clarinet, Buck Clayton on trumpet, Earl Hines on piano, Arbel Shaw on bass, and Walsh Bishop on drums. And that will be the Earl Hines Quintet. So that's uh, going to be the balance of our program here from 1949, Earl Hines and Groups. Song for my French, or singing for my French brother, Nightlife in Pompeii, Air France Stomp, T for two and rhythm business. Thank <laughs> you. 
was our Earl Hines program recorded for Vogue Records in 1949, November of 1949, and we heard on that last set, uh, Singing for My French Brother, which was done on November 6th, just Earl Hines solo piano with a scat vocal in there. He dedicated that to Hugh Panazier. Following that, we heard the balance of the titles uh, done by the Earl Hines All-Star Quintet and Quartet, featuring Buck Clayton on trumpet, Barney Bagard on clarinet, Arvel Shaw on bass, and Wallace Bishop on drums. We started out with Nightlife in Pompeii, that second take. Uh, we heard the earlier take um, in the first set. Then we heard Air France Stomp, that... Uh, uh, unusual, somewhat unusual harmonic uh, tune by Earl Hines featuring All Hands. 
Then the Barney Bagard features. So Buck Clayton sat out on that one. That was Vincent Newman's T for Two, a very measured performance, very, very well done. And then we ended up with a Barney Bagard tune on the blues featuring everybody called Rhythm Business. So I hope you've uh, enjoyed this program. This is some very good and not terribly well-known Earl Hines uh session material from, as I said, 1949, when he was in France with the Louis Armstrong All-Stars, and he was brought into those Vogue studios uh, on a couple of dates in 1949 and preserved some really exciting, interesting playing that showed that he was still at the peak of his powers, and he stayed there until he died in, in 1983. Wonderful player. So my name is John Clark. This is the Jazz Focus. If you're interested in supporting us, please hit that little button on your browser. Uh, let us know if there are any programs in the future you'd like to hear. Uh, you can get in touch with me with my band name, Wolverine Jazz Band, WolverineJazzBand.net, or Wolverine Jazz Band on Facebook and Instagram. So thank you very much, and I'll see you on the other side.